Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 018, the hand of the Lord. Wake up call 018, the hand of the Lord. Hey, I'm thankful that you're listening on the podcast, or if you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, of course, every Monday, the wake up calls are video podcast. Uh, if you're into watching the video, I guess that's cool as well. Please share. If you're on the podcast channel, go ahead and subscribe. Would love to have you stay current and up to date with all the episodes that are coming out. Every Monday's a wake up call. Short, quick hit, devotional look at God's Word, a principle or something like that the Lord's put on my heart. And then Thursdays are the longer teaching episodes. I always have a lot of fun with those. And uh, we just finished up a series, The Holy Spirit, The Helper You Need. If you didn't listen to those, I would highly encourage you. I had a blast doing them, and they were really a blessing to me. I know they'll be a blessing to you. But today, the wake-up call is 018, entitled, The Hand of the Lord. 018, the hand of the Lord. Let's go to Ezra, Ezra chapter 8. <clears throat> Ezra 8, verse 21. I'm going to read a couple verses here. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Havaya, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer." If you're not familiar with Ezra, it's a, it's a great book in the Bible. They obviously, all 66 books are. But it's a wonderful account of a man named Ezra. Ezra was a priest and a Levite. But he's a peculiar priest and a Levite because it, up to this point, he'd never served in the temple. Israel and Judah, because of sin that they would re, they refused to they would repent and fall back into it, repent and fall back into it. And then eventually their hearts just got hardened. And within the mind of God, there's just a time where he says, you know what, now judgment has to come. I don't know when that is, but you can see clearly through Scripture, though God is merciful, there is a time where he says, you know what, now I have to judge. And though he had given Israel many opportunities to repent, sent them prophets, they had the Word, they had the Torah, they had the Law, they had Moses, Abraham. They did not turn from their sin wholly. They kept playing with it. And so that brought destruction. Sin always brings destruction. So here they are. They're in captivity in Babylon. And Babylon is conquered by Media Persia, the Medes and the Persians. And it is at that time that their captivity, Israel's captivity, has been roughly about 70 years, which is the time that God said he would judge them. You'll be in captivity for 70 years. And in fact, Isaiah 45 prophesies of King Cyrus who would come and God would use this pagan king, this heathen king, to bring the people of Israel back to their promised land and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. And Ezra, much like Nehemiah, 
Nehemiah was the builder of the walls of Jerusalem. Ezra was the builder of the temple of Zerubbabel, if you will, the governor of that time. And he rebuilt the temple. Now, he has received a mandate from God and favor from man. Now, notice that whenever God gives you power and ability to do something, though you may have adversaries, God will also give you favor with people. Not necessarily all people. Some people may still fight you tooth and toenail for sure. Every godly person we see in the Bible and in life has adversaries. But that does not mean that God will not send you helpers. He will. He will send you helpers. And Ezra had a helper. King Cyrus is who it began with. And he had favor with all three of the kings of Media and Persia that were in reign during his time of rebuilding the temple. So we get to chapter 8 when they're getting all their stuff, all the people, they're getting together a group, a caravan of people to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple because it is necessary for the temple to be built so that they can worship God according to the law. And Cyrus make, or excuse me, Ezra makes this point. He says, I, I cannot go back to King Cyrus and ask him, Hey, King Cyrus, can you send some soldiers, some horsemen? Can you send some guards to protect us on our way back to Jerusalem? And this is why he says he cannot do that. He says, because I've, made, I've boasted of my God. I've declared who my God is. And I would be ashamed to ask Cyrus, a man, for help when I've said that God will be my helper. Now, notice this. What is the first thing they do? They proclaim a time of prayer with fasting, and they humble themselves. If you want to have the hand, I've entitled this wake-up call, the hand of the Lord, because we see that phrase in verse 22. But it's this simple. If you want the hand of the Lord on your life, you have to live in humility. Humility is not tearing yourself down, thinking less of yourself. Humility is lowering yourself in submission to excuse me God's will it's being honorable towards God it's it's being obedient to God that's humility the bible tells us in philippians 2 that Christ humbled himself he was obedient unto death obedience is humility it's saying lord you know you are wise you are holy i submit to you if you command me i'll do it you tell me, your word says it, that's what I'll do. Your word, you know, even though naturally this may, my mind says, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to yield to the truth of your word, whether it makes natural sense or not. That matters not to me because I'm going to humble myself under the hand of God. And, and First Peter 5, 6 and 7 says that when you do that, he'll give you grace. James 4, 6, he resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. So Ezra starts off by humbling himself through prayer and fasting. Both of those things will bring you to a place of humility. And they're seeking from God the right way. Notice that. We're asking to seek from Him the right way for us, our little ones, and all our possessions. Proverbs 16 says, There's a way that seems right unto a man, but it ends in death, ends in destruction. There's many ways, many paths that you can take, but there's only one that's correct, and that's the way of God. That's the will of God. That's the narrow and straight path. That's the path that we want to take, is the one that God has set before us that is true and holy. And in order to do that, you're going to have to clear out your heart and your mind, and prayer and fasting is what they chose to do that. You should pray every day. You should have a set amount of time to pray every day. 
It's just that simple. If you if you want to have a strong relationship with God, you need to have a time where you pray and listen to Him, study His Word. And every now and then, you should, probably should pray with fasting just to turn off the old flesh body for a little bit. Let it know that it's not in control, but my spirit is. And he gets to this point. <clears throat> I wrote in my notes that he crossed the line of faith, but then when I'm looking back, they're about to cross a river that is basically a natural border of Persia, and they're about to make a four-month-long, thousand-mile journey, right? They, they can't call. They can't get an Uber. They can't hop on a bus, on a plane. They're going by foot. They've got livestock. They've got cattle. They've got donkeys, mules. They've got old, young. A lot of people going 1,000 miles, four months long. And they're about to cross this river, which is a natural line, a natural boundary. But Ezra also made a point where he crossed the line of faith. Verse 22, for I was ashamed to request of the king an escort. Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. Ezra crossed the line of faith. He said, Here I am. I'm boasting about God. I'm saying that he, his hand will be on everything we're doing, including this journey. He will take us safely to Jerusalem. He said, I can't go back to the king now after I've boasted about God. So I'm going to just practice what I preach. Ezra had to practice what he preached. And it, naturally, there's, some, there's a little bit of a, not hesitancy, I shouldn't say that, preparation. He still had to get his mind and his heart right. He went through some time of prayer and fasting, but by golly, he crossed the line of faith and he went after it. And he committed himself to the hand of God. And verse 23, after they fasted and prayed, they asked God for this. And he answered their prayer. God always answers the prayer of faith. God always answers the prayer of faith. Now, notice this. I, I don't want to move past this. His hand, you know, this is what Ezra said, the hand of our God is upon all those for good to seek him, but his power and his wrath are against those, all those who forsake him. When, when I was studying for this wake-up call, that made me think of Romans 8 verse 31. Now, we've probably heard the first half of this scripture a lot, but oftentimes this particular New Testament verse, I said 31, it's Romans 8, 28. This New Testament promise, and it is a promise that God's faithful to fulfill, but he fulfills it on, the, on his standard according to his prerequisites. And oftentimes people quote this verse like this. This is what you'll hear a lot of people say. And we know that all things work together for the good. We know that all things work together for good. That's it. We know all things work together for good. Praise God. That's usually what you only hear people quote. But that's not what the Bible says. What does it say? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. God, to those who are called according to His purpose. You want all things to work together for good in your life? It's simple. Love God and submit to His calling, His purpose. Submit to His will and love Him with all your spirit, soul, and body, all your mind and strength, and everything will work to your good. But notice that 
All things don't work together for good for all people. Just like Ezra was saying. In fact, I think it'd look, it would be good just to read that one more time. What Ezra, brother Ezra said. Ezra 8, 22. The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. Well, that's what they're doing, aren't they? They're seeking God in a time of prayer and fasting for several days before they make this long journey to do what God commanded them to do, rebuild the temple and rebuild Jerusalem. But his power and his wrath are against those who forsake him. So all things work together for the good of those who love God and submit to his purposes. And that's the key to having the hand of the Lord on your life. You want the hand of God on your life? Love him with everything you are and submit yourself to his will, to his purposes. Be fully devoted to him and love him with every fiber of your being. And the hand of the Lord will be on you for good. And he surely will work out all things for your good. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me on this wake-up call. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast channel. Search for Faith for My Generation podcast uh, at Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We're on Spotify as well. A lot of people listen on Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you can find podcasts, we're there. Just search Faith for My Generation. It's the logo with the hand that is the two hands that are covering the flame of fire, which is the fire of God in our hearts that we desire to see grow brighter and brighter. That's the purpose of this Faith for My Generation podcast is, is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. And truly, God's Word will do that, carries the power to change our lives. And I want to make you aware that this coming Thursday, Sifu Jason Coral, who has just authored recently a book, Christ and Self-Defense, he, um, he, was, he was on the podcast channel. We did an interview with him. He's my martial arts instructor. He's a friend of mine. He, he's a good man of God, a student of the Bible, a martial arts instructor, and an all-around great guy. So make sure that you tune in this Thursday for that uh, interview with Sifu Jason Coral. It's, it was a blast. It's a good, good listen, I believe. And uh, we talk about Christ and self-defense, uh, the topic of self-defense and how Christians are to handle that. So I hope, to, uh, hope you tune in on this coming Thursday for that. And remember, we are the faithful. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.